You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. You do it live. Please, won't you be my neighbor, neighbor and friend? Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. We're going to do a very intimate talk show because I like my talk shows. One thing, and that's very intimate. Uh, we're in Williamsburg, which means we're all hipsters, whether we want to be or not. Um, one of the things hipsters don't believe in is marriage because because um, they think cocaine will last forever. But ladies and gentlemen, cocaine does not last forever. And on that note, I got engaged to a woman. Here's the good thing about getting engaged to a woman or a man. I'm not sexist. I've never felt stronger uh, after I popped the question. I wanted to fight every man I saw. I never knew that was possible, that all of a sudden, you're the most loving moment of your life, you just want to beat the fuck out of others. I didn't do it. It's also the least likely time you'll fight unless you're a big fan of Guns N' Roses' Chinese democracy. The reason why I mention Chinese democracy is if, if you've ever listened to Chinese democracy and thought, this is going to be a good wedding song, you've been to too many carnivals. That is the perfect carnival wedding score. Moving on. We've been getting into a lot of fights, my girlfriend and I, for the past few months because she didn't realize what was going to happen. And hell, I didn't realize what was going to happen. I just had a plan. All the things that I used to scream at her about, I'm now just screaming into the guts of my cat, which makes me realize I'm ready to be married. I'm waking up with, with my girlfriend's hair, fiance's hair in my mouth. That's weird to say on a microphone. With my fiance's hair in my mouth. Within 10 minutes, I'm screaming how much I love my cat. And now I have two sets of hair in my mouth. That's really what marriage is about. It's, it's about accepting cat allergies and knowing where to buy Claritin. I had a friend who lived with us. He was very allergic to cats. This is a sidetrack. We didn't know he was allergic to cats until he started shitting blood for the last uh, three weeks of living with us. He lived with us for a month. He shat blood for three weeks and it didn't bother him. He just took Claritin every day. That, my friends, is a drug addict that is using a cat as an excuse. One of the things about getting engaged, you will become an alcoholic whether you want to or not. We are from Chicago, which means you celebrate with alcohol regardless. I didn't want to be drunk for the past 14 days, but I've definitely been buzzed. I never want to drink again. I'm on my third beer tonight. This is just a cycle. I'm going to die. That's not funny. That's just sad and true. I, w I really want to know if the guests are still glad they agreed to do this show. Either way, they're here. Oh... Uh. You know what? I'm, I'm still broke. I'm still very, very poor. But for the first time ever, I'm okay with that because um, I've always been sort of a scumbag. I'm a, I'm a scumbag. And my girlfriend, fiance, once again, that's so weird to say in a microphone. She, she didn't grow up white trash like me. And she uh, now has all of this debt because of grad school. And I am so happy that I inherited her debt. The tables have turned, and I have a cat and I scream into... And that's not a typical talk, show typical talk show monologue. I'm in a very weird place right now. I feel very strong and on the verge of death at the same time. I feel like Scott Weiland. That's not good. Why am I talking like Seinfeld? There are a lot of things that I'm not understanding right now. And rather than keep going, because I have hours of this material. It's material to some. Uh, we're going to start the show i am i am shocked about how good our lineup is tonight uh the listener at home knows all about it the hipsters out back don't give a fuck it's gonna be fantastic uh we have uh from the daily show wyatt snack please put your hands together for wyatt snack uh a new writer to for jimmy fallon late night with jimmy fallon cj toledano is going to come up and tell jokes later please put your hands together for cj and closing the evening we have uh music from 
Pete's Candy Store favorite, Abby Payne. Please put your hands together from Abby. Without further ado, I'm going to play a song for about 10 seconds while I sit down. You didn't even pack your bags yet. Everything you own is mine. Hot time can wear you down. That's enough. Thank you, Daniel Knox. Daniel Knox, for those of you that don't know, is amazing. That is all. I am so happy I get to say this. I met this man in person last summer at the Pitchfork Music Festival, and he did something that is very, very difficult to do. He entertained a crowd of hipsters outside at a rock festival and killed. That's done, that was done like maybe twice in the past year, and he's one of the men that did it. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, please put your hands together, everybody, for Wyatt Cenac, everybody. Wyatt Cenac. Didn't think to your replacement. You didn't even leave a hole. Thank you. Oh, there we go. How are you, Wyatt? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm fantastic. I was extremely worried Wyatt wouldn't show up tonight because tonight is the White House Correspondence Dinner. No, I wasn't going to be there. You told me you don't like that kind of stuff. I don't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, partly I could say sour grapes because I wasn't invited, but uh, also, I, I don't know. There's just something that feels like the snake eating its own tail with stuff like that. That just, it seems a little too incestuous and a little too, like, oh, look at how great we are. And it's like... Really? Are you that great? Are they that great? Are you asking me? Because yes. I was asking you. First question. And now we're both asking each other, and it just got awkward. It's a podcast. It's meant to be. Okay. Awkward. Um, you didn't start out doing political humor. You never really did political humor in terms of stand-up. You started, no, not really. You started as a stand-up. I did. You are still a stand-up. Yeah, I am, unless you heard something. No, no, no. You have a special coming out relatively soon. Is that correct? I do. I have a stand-up special coming out May 14th on Comedy Central. That's fantastic. Yeah. What's the name of it? Wyatt Cenac. That's a fantastic name for a stand-up special if your yeah. name is Wyatt Cenac. How do you uh, write for your stand-up versus writing for The Daily Show? Um, well, I feel like stand-up is always one of those things that's probably more informed by your own personal experiences and stuff like that and you know, just your own take on things. Okay. Whereas The Daily Show... A lot of the writing we're doing is writing for John's voice and writing, like, looking at the world through John's eyes a little bit more than maybe my own. What about the field pieces? Is that supposed to be your voice, or does The Daily Show have a Daily Show voice? Um, it's a little of both. I mean, there are definitely ideas that I'll pitch that we've done that are sort of closer to my okay. comedy heart. Um, but then there are just pieces where it's like, Oh, okay, we've got this piece. We need somebody to go make an ass out of themselves. Who should we send? Fuck nuts or idiot? And are, which one are you? Um, it depends on the day. Fantastic. Mondays and Thursdays, I'm fuck nuts. Monday, Tuesdays, Thursday, Wednesdays, Wednesdays idiot. Um, and then Fridays, the other guy. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking weekends, of the guy who kind of reminds me of Asif, but it's not, but is not Asif. That's you. Yeah. Fantastic. How is Asif doing? Let's talk about him more. He's good. Good. He's very good. He, uh, I, I actually haven't seen him in a few days um, because he's always very busy. He's, he's a very talented actor. People, is he? Yeah, people don't really know that about Asif, I guess, because the movies he does, he's talented enough to do movies that people never see. Like you? 
I've only done one movie people have never seen. Asif's done a lot of movies. I feel like that's your talent as an actor. You can sort of rank yourself. If you've been in a bunch of movies that no one's ever seen, but that don't have like a four on the end of them, or like an eight or something like that, like Tremors 8. Like that's a movie nobody's ever seen. Would you do Tremors 8? I think it's already been done. Would you do Tremors 9? Um, only if I could play like the scientist who created the Tremors. The tremor, the tremor worms. Like I just want to be that guy, who's like you know. Well, after nine movies, they finally explain it. Yeah, they finally explain that there was a scientist. It's a lot of exposition to explain tremors. Created the tremor worms, and that if that if they're gonna let me have a hand in the script, where I can be the scientist who created the tremor worms, then maybe I'll think about it. But at the moment, I feel like Michael Gross has a handle on the Tremor series. That is quite a pull, by the way. That's that I knew that Michael yes. Gross has been in all the Tremor movies. That's insane to me. No, I. You know what? It's because when I used to live in L.A., uh, I had a roommate, a uh, good friend of mine, my friend Steve Swick, who's from Libertyville, Illinois. For all the that's where my fiance's from. Okay, do you know Steve Swick? Oh, get out! She you said should, no. She doesn't know Steve. If you knew Steve, you might not be engaged to him. Well, he's successful he's, and knows Tremors. He's a charming. Well, his his cousin is Michael Gross. There you go. You're married uh, into success. Yeah. And also, uh, uh, oh, crap. What's her name? Uh, she was on SNL. Uh, Michael Gross's sister, Nancy Gross. Uh, she, you would know her. Like, if you Google yeah, yeah. Michael Gross's sister, like, she, she has, like, a kind of high-pitched voice. And she was on SNL, like, back in the time of, like, I think around the time, like, uh, uh, Tim Kazarinsky and all those folks were on there. And she's very funny, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, she played, like, a principal in that movie. And that's his cousin, too. And he always talked about her, but Michael Gross, he would always say, like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin Michael, who's in the fucking Tremor movies. Is that the most successful family? Because I can't think of a better lineup of Tremors, SNL, and just being Michael Gross. Well, and Growing, or not Growing Pains, uh, the other show. Family Matters? No, Family Ties. We had family in the title. Michael Gross was in Family Ties. Are you serious? Holy shit. Did you just know Michael Gross as the star of the Tremor movies? <laughs> yeah, and the guy that's from Libertyville. Well, he's not from Libertyville. Steve Swick is from Libertyville. Now I'm just confused. Yeah. I like that we spent about a good three minutes on Tremors. Well, and I like that somebody now is probably going to be like, Steve Swick, I'm going to go look that up on Facebook. <laughs> we also have Google it's Michael C-W-I-K. Gross's sister. Be his Facebook friend. I'm sure he'll be very glad about the he'll be thrilled. 14-year-olds from Oklahoma that are doing that right now. Um, you are not in... Well, you're a New York comic now, but you came from L.A. I, I did come from L.A. When did you leave L.A.? I left L.A. in 2008. Okay, and since then you've been in New York. I've been in New York since then. How is the comedy scene different? L.A. versus New York? Exactly. Um, one is warmer. Um... But it's it's weird. It's it's tough for me to make that uh, that kind of comparison because I feel like I came up and started in L.A. Uh, and like effectively that was like where I did sort of all my like grunt work and yeah. you're paying your dues. Yeah, and then when I came to New York, I came to New York with a job that puts me on television. So I think. Where in L.A. you would have to struggle, like, oh, could I get some stage time? And people would be like, well, we'll see, young squirrel. 
Um, who, now, who was booking and calling people young squirrels? Oh, uh, it was this guy. He looked like David Carradine. Fantastic. Um, was it David Carradine? I don't think so. Okay. It was Keith. If it's pre-Kill Bill and... It was Keith David Carradine. Fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of Keith David Carradine, um, is it difficult to even want to go up and do stand-up since you're, like, you have a day job that forces you to try to be funny all day? No, because I feel like getting to do stand-up, like, that's... It's so much fun. Like, it's so much it? fun. It is. Like, it has its ups and downs. It's yeah. fun when, like, everybody's into it and having fun. It's probably not as much fun when it's, like, you know, uh, some sort of business conference. Yeah. And they're like, you know, entertain the insurance agents. And Do you do those gigs? Uh, no, because I curse too much. And Have you ever done one of those gigs? Um, I've done... I've done I know I did something in L.A. at the Friars Club once, and it was me, Maria Bamford, <laughs> wait, Jen Wait, wait, wait. The, the Friars Club thought you, Jen Kirkman, and Maria Bamford would be a killer lineup? Yeah. That's, yeah. There was one great. other person, uh, Ben Glebe. It was the four of us, and we were doing a show, and it was like, it was like a charity event, and... Uh, I think Ben Glebe was the first person who went out. He said something about homeless people. Somebody in the audience got very upset and started yelling, like, I do a lot for the homeless. And, but it was never, like, an indictment on that person. And then, like, I got up, and I remember, like, there were, were a bunch of old people, and there was an old, there was an old woman in the front, and uh, she was like, who is he? And to you? To me. <laughs> which then I think I told her I was a busboy. And that seemed to go well. She enjoyed me when I was the busboy. When I started doing my comedy bits, she was not as interested. Um, but I've also done... I did... I think I wound up doing more like charity type things. Like I did a charity thing recently. Actually, John Oliver and I did a charity thing together uh for an animal sanctuary and it's a very good cause uh you know they protect and save animals uh that were going to be like slaughtered and stuff and very nice uh what do they serve that was the weird thing they did it at a at a comedy club but i guess they served like a vegetarian or vegan menu was it still all deep fried probably fantastic but the weird well here was the weird thing for me was that I was in this room of animal rights activists, and I, I love animals. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that you know, whatever. You don't, you shouldn't fucking test makeup on a bunny or shit like that. But you shouldn't. They're cute enough. They don't need it. But what about uglier animals? The ugly ones, fine. That's fair. A warthog, fucking do whatever, do what you will. But when I was doing the show, I wound up. Uh, I both John Oliver and I there's something very strange about doing charity gigs like they're lovely people but every charity gig the one thing that they all have in common is they all think they're doing God's work or if they don't believe in God the creator's work whatever it is they all feel like amazing about themselves and what they're doing (coughs) this is how he's a professional really quick Wyatt coughed Put the microphone to the side. Future guests, take heed. Yeah. Fucking pay attention to that, CJ. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, was, it, was this very strange, it was this very strange thing. So we're doing this charity gig, and 
there's a sense of I don't want to call it self righteousness, but I'll call it self righteousness that sort of, that people have about the work they're doing. And it's like, yes, this animal sanctuary is great, but at the same time, you know, everything as long as you're doing good things, they're great. So don't like get too ahead of yourselves and think you're God about it. And so there was something just in the audience like where they were just a little too self congratulatory. So I decided to go on a run about PETA because it was an animal I was in front of animal rights activists and I actually have problems with PETA. I don't I I feel like the ASPCA they do good work, but PETA I feel like they get a little crazy sometimes. And I'm not super fans of theirs. But uh, they do have sexy ads. Well, but they also have ads where they do things like they put up billboards of overweight women in bathing suits and say, save the whales, eat vegan. Do they really? Yeah. And they also did something where they, they held a protest outside the Westminster Dog Show where they dressed up like members of the Ku Klux Klan because they were trying to make the comparison that the Westminster Dog Show and the Ku Klux Klan are exactly alike. Because they're both into pure breeding. Um, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It makes a totally. lot of sense. It makes a ton of sense. Is PETA made up of 12-year-old boys from Florida? Possibly. Fantastic. Um, but it's just very weird because it's like they... So, at any rate, John Oliver and I both kind of went in on PETA. And, which we thought like, oh, these people who are working for this animal sanctuary, they won't be that offended. <laughs> they were... <laughs> That's fantastic. There was something great because as I was like, I was talking about that about the 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 PETA thing about the billboards and the Westminster Dog Show thing, and I was telling this story, and there was this woman in the front, and initially she had been like smiling and you know laughing, and as I'm telling the story about the Westminster Dog Show, I watch her face, and it just like changes, and she gets like very angry, and her arms cross, and her legs cross, and her just her body language is totally changed, and. I finish my set and uh, Oliver does his and we get off stage. And then after the show, this woman comes up to me and she was like, I'd like you to know that I was actually at that protest where we dressed up like members of the KKK and no one was offended. We were making a point and no one was offended. And I was like, really? Nobody was offended? Like you, like, and she was like, no, it wasn't offensive. If somebody took it the wrong way, then they're like, that's their problem. But it's not, there was no way they were going to take it the wrong way. And I was like, but what about like a 70 year old black lady who sees that and is reminded of her childhood? And she was like, no, people got what we were doing. And I was like, really? Would you feel comfortable? Like, you stand behind this enough. Would you do it in Harlem? And her response was, Penn Station's pretty diverse. <laughs> Penn Station is diverse. Um, final question. What is your favorite piece of hate mail you've received? The favorite piece of hate mail I've yes. received? I try not to go through hate mail, and I don't know... I thought that'd be the best part of the job. That's terrifying. That's well, you like, don't have somebody else open it. Well, have a screener. No, we. I mean, I don't. It's weird because I think in the world of like email and all yeah. that stuff, 
hate mail doesn't really like no one's gonna take the time to do like oh, snail I mean, yeah, hate like mail email anything but i don't i i don't have like uh i don't have like twitter or yeah Facebook. I know. you're very hard to follow yeah and i'm very hard to find too because yeah, I, I think you I, I saw your emails that you were like hey can you be at the show at 11 30 and i'm just now reading them yeah um which i got here thank you yeah um i don't Not respond but i'll show up maybe um <laughs> Keep me on my toes, man. Uh, that's I like to I like to keep it interesting. But so I love that about you. In that way, though, I'm not very like I don't I don't do that stuff. But every now and again, I I will find out about something like where like the creepy things people do are like I'll be on the train like on the subway and I'll find out that someone like took my picture on the subway and then tweeted it like i just uh for those of you not in the room i just took a photo of him forgetting to turn off the flash but the, oh that. no that was okay because we're not on the train on the train <laughs> it's a little weird it looks like we're in a train though on the subway though it is this does look like a train this i is, think this used to be a train it's beautiful this was a train that crashed in williamsburg and then they were like what should we do and somebody was like Let's just fucking get a liquor license for the place. And so then they turned into a bar, and they were like, what about the dead people? And it was like, I don't know, put some funny glasses on them and call them a band. And now this place is haunted by the ghosts of, uh, you know, it's a ghost band that haunts this place. This is a Scooby-Doo episode. But um, it's like the best Scooby-Doo episode it's ever. fantastic. Um, if you haven't seen why live, I don't think enough people have seen your stand-up. You're a very, very funny stand-up. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm excited to see the new special because if you YouTube Wyatt for stand-up, you're not going to find a lot of new stuff. I scrub myself off the internet on yeah. a monthly basis. It's pretty hard to find anything relatively recent. So see him live whenever you can. Watch that Comedy Central special. Is it going to be a CD, DVD thing as well? There or? will be a DVD That's and awesome. a CD. Um, yeah, uh, and an A-track. Well, we are in Williamsburg. It's kind of... Yeah. Here, everything is done on 8-track. Yeah. That's what's amazing is that you're doing this whole thing on 8-track. That's what's great. We're doing 40 cartridges of it. Yeah. And that's... And that you just take those and you carry them back on the Megabus. (laughs) And you just... Just an extra seat. You have to buy an extra seat. Cost $2 for for all my 8-tracks. Yeah. But what's nice is that you shape them like a little boy. Um, I dress him like a Klansman, though. Well, that's that makes sure that nobody fucks with him. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. If I had a child and I made them travel <laughs> by themselves, I might have them travel like a little Klansman, just so that way, like a child molester is not going to be like, Ugh, I don't want to take that racist kid. I don't want to stick my finger in a racist kid. Listen. That makes me racist by the transitive property of child rape. Hold on. Let me write that down. Yeah, r- learn about the transitive properties of child molestation. Um, if you diddle a kid, whatever that kid believes, you then support. It's true. We're going to end this interview with a suggestion for Wyatt. You have a great name for a first record, and that's your name. How about for the second special you call Racist by the Transitive Property of Child Rape? I feel like, I feel like that could be in a band t-shirt. I feel like they could definitely be a band. I feel like they could be a chapter of a of a of a memoir, um, a memoir about someone who not you, no, not me. Okay, good. Yeah, but someone like 
Uh, like it's like a heartwarming tale of a child no, molester no, no, who no. then molested Not a kid, spent five years as a racist because it was a racist kid he molested, and then learned the error of his ways. I think you're writing Tremors Nine. No, I think I'm right. I think I'm writing a wonderful Oscar award-winning piece starring Asif Mandi. I was thinking Colin Farrell. Because Asif Manvi is Indian and Indians can't be racist. They can just be charmingly crude. I think that's the best way to end this interview. Let's plug, though you don't need plugs from this podcast. Let's just Sure, plug. I'll take them. Uh, I, have a, I have shitty representation. <laughs> they sent me to this podcast. That took 20 minutes for him to insult me. That's a record. Thank you. Obviously, The Daily Show, everyone already watches that. Your stand-up special... May 14th? May 14th at 10 p.m. That's a Saturday night. Watch that and then come here and see uh, Jenna Friedman, I think, is my guest that night. It's going to be great. Yeah. Or uh, or instead of you watch that at 10 p.m., you come here, you see Jenna Friedman, and then you run over to Music Hall Williamsburg because Donald Glover is taping his own special. Oh, you fucked my draw completely now. I'm going to lose all eight people I had. Thanks a lot, buddy. Okay, wait. It's probably going to start at like 8 o'clock, so go to the 8 o'clock... Then take like an hour break, watch my special, then it's come like, to Jeff, is that your name? Pete's Candy Store. My name's Brandon. Okay. You come to come to Brian Weatherfield's show. That's right. At uh, at Paul's boutique. Paul's boutique. We're gonna and then The Dust you, Brothers will be outside carting people. Yeah, and then after that go to uh, Union Pool and uh, have yourself a few drinks. That's what it's called, right? Union Pule? Union Pule. Yeah. I don't know where that went at the end. Thanks for doing this, buddy. No, I just I just gave you a Saturday in May. <laughs> You're welcome. We're in Williamsburg too long. Please put your hands together, everybody, for... Fantastic. Daniel Knox... Why it was amazing. Coming to the stage, someone I hope will one day be a future competitor, everybody. Please put your hands together for CJ Toledano. CJ! How will you leave me? God help you if you should leave me now. Am I doing stand-up right Do now? Do stand-up or are we talking? right now. Do stand-up? Right now. Oh, what? Go. Hey, this is stand. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't do stand up. Like, do you not want to do stand up? Do you want to just talk? Well, no. I'm. I'm kind of want to do like a a radio play. Um, did you write a part for me? Yeah, I wrote an episode of the Green Hornet. I Let's wrote do a, it. <laughs> Fuck you, you dick. I wrote a spec. See, okay, sit down. No stand up for you. Sit I was down. gonna do the Phantom after. Sit down. Here's the thing about CJ. CJ, I've done stand up on your show so no, many you've times. Never done it on my show. That's, un- that's not true. That's Check true. the archives, five people who listen up. <laughs> They're all in Oklahoma. I'm just kidding. They're all probably just... I just... Like, it, like, it went so well for Wyatt, he got to talk. Um, and I know, like, my talking is a lot better than my stand-up. Oh, that's um, depressing for you. It is. It, that's um, all that's right. how it is. This is going to be a 20-minute insider conversation. No, we'll, we'll appeal. We had a lot of people stop in. You guys all recognize Wyatt. You don't recognize me, so I apologize for that. Here's um, his TV credit. You, no, Wyatt Conan. What's that? Fallon and Conan. Those yeah, are the TV credits. Behind a keyboard. But yeah. um but yeah, you guys were all very excited to see to why they loved you in the back, just so you know. Um for later. If you decided you wanted to make a move on any of them. You're killing They're all like You're that's why totally we killing right now. On the daily show, we love him. Just keep going. I know. 
This is the terrible wingman through a podcast. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is chapter eight in the game. Go on a podcast <laughs> and recommend uh, girls in the audience talk to that guy who was the previous guest. It's called. Yeah, <laughs> it's pod. It's peacocking through podcast. For those of you at home right now, Wyatt and CJ are having a very intimate conversation thirty feet apart with people sitting in the middle. Yeah. It's fantastic. You want to take over, Wyatt? <laughs> take Brian's place. You want to run this interview, Brian. Wyatt? Come on, do it. <laughs> I'm only letting you do this because you were funnier than CJ, which is not. Oh hard come to on, do. that's true. You want to. Yeah, stay in, stay in. Do we have another microphone or no? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll share. You'll share? Oh, my God. Okay. We're doing a tag team interview. I, I just met Wyatt like minutes ago, so this will be interesting. So, Wyatt and CJ, what brings you to the Work for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon show thing? Oh, wait. I thought you and I were doing the Oh, we're doing the interview. Okay, oh, okay. Wyatt, ask yeah. the first question. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's, if, if, we should huddle up and figure out what do we want to do. This is really... We didn't take any Second okay. City classes. We did not prepare for this. We're not even on level one right now. No. Uh, we should do sit-stand kneel for all the improv people. They know what the fuck that they is. They love visual humor on the audio podcast, yeah. too. Um, so, uh, CJ, I understand that you recently started a new job at Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. That is true. That is very true, yes. How's that Last going? Uh, it's scary, and uh, it's, but it's fun. Um, yeah. What is scary about it? I, I mean, I, uh, I was working, I was an intern at a, at a late night talk show, Conan, over in L.A. I was an intern, and two weeks later... I've seen it. <laughs> I don't know whether to be sincere or not. Should I be sincere? Be sincere. Be sincere. Treat me like a real fucking journalist. I skipped <laughs> the White House correspondence something for this. Okay. Um, sincerely, it, it, like working at late night is a dream of mine. Um, I interned at Conan, and um, I was working to get a job like this, and I didn't think it would happen. I got pulled out of that internship to work at Fallon, to write for Fallon. Wow, so you literally went from intern to TV writer. I did, yes. Wow, that is both a dream of probably every intern, but will spoil every intern forever, thinking that, like, Oh, yeah, I'm fucking funnier than the people who get paid to do this. I'm going to fucking take your job, old man. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they don't know. Like, it took me six years to graduate college, and I was just skipping classes to do stand-up in Chicago. And I almost I got kicked out once out of Columbia, then reapplied to get back in. And then I went to L.A. with no money. Columbia, New York, or the Chicago No, Columbia, Columbia. College, which is open enrollment, which anybody Open enrollment, in. 100% you can get in. 100%. Really? Yes. Um, and they kicked me out for bad grades. I was <laughs> the fucking. I was gonna give them money, and I did. I gave them money, and I owe one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. So a TV writer job is, you know, you know how much money they make. I make zero dollars still. So now, although now if they're listening to this podcast, they're like, "Ooh, sweet CJ's got a job. We can call. Take off that deferment." No, I'm still deferring. That's oh, you're still yeah. I, I actually went in um, last week, and I, I'm going to defer. Wait, you went in where? To Columbia. I, w I flew back to Chicago to to work it out. You flew back to your college just to defer it, and you said you don't have money. <laughs> you're fucking jet setting to your colleges to say, "Hey, I can't pay you. I got to go to the playoffs and fucking watch Derrick Rose stick it to." Uh, who they beat? The Sixers? The Pacers. No, the Pacers, yeah. 
Right, yeah. Are either of you guys basketball fans? I am. I am, but I don't know the Pacers. What's your team? Me? The yes. Bulls. What's your team, Wyatt? Uh, the 1993 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Are you a bigger fan of Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman? I got to meet Horace Grant. Uh, I went to the Tom Thumb basketball camp in Dallas, Texas, and Horace Grant uh, was one of the people who came and taught us how to post up. And, uh, yeah, and Horace Grant, uh, Derek McKee of the Indiana Pacers that I don't know exist, um, <laughs> and then uh, Ron Harper. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Wait, how did you know that Horace Grant wasn't Harvey Grant? Uh, because Horace Grant wore goggles, and Harvey Grant, nobody ever heard from <laughs> after he played four years at the Wizards, or then Bullets. CJ, have you met any basketball players? I was, uh, I played basketball, this is kind of a long story, I played basketball up until mid-high school. I went to Michael Jordan basketball camp and won the Outstanding Rebounder Award Did you meet Michael grade. Jordan? I did, yeah. Was he fucking his wife or his mistress at the time? Yeah, that's what he does at his basketball camp. Is yeah. Fu- is his, he I takes that's care of it there. That's what they teach you, how to get away with shit. And then no. lose all your money. They teach you the George Mikan drill. Uh, What's the George Mikan drill? Which is how drill? to get away with shit. <laughs> hey, kids, gather round. This is Crystal. <laughs> now, I don't want to alarm you, but she's not my wife. She doesn't look like my children, therefore not the mother of these children. <laughs> But I want to explain to you what happens if you work really hard and play basketball real good. You get a woman like Crystal. Sure, the minute the money dries up, this bitch is gone. But for right now, oh, the things she will let me do to her. Watch. Just put those basketballs down. Just watch this. Crystal's okay with it. Crystal, come on. It's for the kids. We're teaching the kids lessons here. Let me shit on your chest. And it's that eight times. You got to go through like eight different. That's the drill. Like the layup drill. There's two kids on each side. Like mistresses come from right here or like on the left. And then you come from the right, all the kids. So Did that help you get a job with Fallon? Um, what? Learning how to rebound? Yeah. Good. Yeah, he rebounded from an Tony, internship up? to uh, a TV writing gig. What's great about this is for those who aren't here and who can't see this, CJ and I are sharing a chair, <laughs> even though there's one sitting in front of us that we could both, you know, one of us or both of us could share that. You know what? Let's hear. Let's put it up. We just put our feet up on that chair, so we're still sharing a chair. There's a microphone right here. Uh, it's not plugged in. But you have tons of things. Can you plug it in? It will, no, it'll pop everything. It'll sound awful. And this is funnier to me. Okay. <laughs> this is the type of uh, treatment one can expect at the uh, Branford Weatherford show. Um, <laughs> is that it's just, oh, Brandeis gets to sit in a chair, but his guests Do you want have to, s- to I'll share stand. Would too. you guys like to sit and I'll stand? No, it's too late now. I threw out Sit Stand Neil as an early thing we could do. And why it's running the show. Now. I noticed that. Yeah. I didn't mean to. What it's can, just that I'm charming. What can CJ and I learn from you, Wyatt? Yeah. We need tips, obviously. Um Charm, that's the first thing. Okay. Go to Charm City. Okay. Which is Baltimore. Okay. And just spend a week. On the streets of Baltimore, 
just go up to everybody you see. Yes. And you ask them, hey, how can I be charming? You'll get answers. Fantastic. Yeah. CJ, have you been to Baltimore? I have not, nor do I plan to go. Why not? Know, because there's nothing there. What are your thoughts on The Wire? On The Wire? I didn't make it through the pilot, but that's... What? Because everyone was hyping it up. I just didn't... I don't know. What are your feelings on The, on the Wire pilot? Uh, it's good. It lays the groundwork. It's necessary. Yeah, too much work for me. Too much work for you? What do you do all day? I rewatch Fresh Prince. What's your favorite Fresh Prince episode? Uh, the one where they go to Vegas and they lose all their money and they have to dance to get... Uh, the I don't even back. remember that episode. Oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. I, kinda, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but the one that always stands out to me is the one where they go on a game show yeah. and uh, it's who's a better friend to Will. Um, and it's between Jazz and Carlton and Carlton or Will picks Carlton as his partner and then Jazz is upset. So Jazz gets on the game show because it's really easy to get on game shows. <laughs> like, hey, I want to be on your game show. My friend miffed me. So I should just show up Tuesday. Okay. And I'm going to bring my own friend. Um, so yeah, so he brought his own friend. It was Will's friend too. It was two of his best friends teamed up. Against him and Carlton, and they fought and said like a dunk tank or something. Is this better than the Oprah episode where everyone was invited on Oprah? Except oh yeah, Will? yeah, and he he stood in the uh, in the crowd and yes. heckled. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember that one. That is my favorite episode. That that episode is for all of you who are wondering what the Oprah Fresh Prince episode is. Um, everyone in the family gets invited to go on Oprah, except well, they don't know that except Will, yes. but they don't want to tell Will. So Will gets all excited, and then they get to Oprah, and Oprah goes backstage and says, "Everyone's on the show, but you, Will, the main <laughs> character of Fresh Prince of Bel Air." <laughs> and then he goes in the crowd and heckles Oprah, which if you do now, you get assassinated. So, which is yeah, that's how you know that shows from the from the nineties. Final Friday. now, what was the topic that uh, like? Because it's like, you know, like Oprah, it's like, oh, it's Oprah's favorite things or Oprah's book club. Like, why the fuck was she bringing on the Banks family? Like, uh, no, I, I don't remember this episode, but it just seems he like... He was running to, for ju- uh, a, a judge's seat at the time. That's <laughs> oh, why. That's the, that was the premise. Yeah. That was... They that's, wanted to know more about the Banks family. That was a slow week on Oprah. Very slow. <laughs> it was like... Oh, this guy's running for district judge. In California. <laughs> yeah, in another fucking state. Let's let's bring him on Oprah. Well, this was during OJ Fever, so everyone knew Mr. Uh, Judge Ito. So okay. it wouldn't be that crazy. Wyatt. I like that you overpronounced Judge Ito. <laughs> like, that was like, let me just, so well, I don't offend our Asian listeners. I mean... Judge Ito. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have our most famous Leno bit ever. What are your thoughts on Leno, guys? Try to get in trouble at work. Uh, he doesn't work for NBC. Oh, yeah, you do, though. I, I work for NBC. I, I mean, How I'm, much I'm do you love Leno? Him. What? I, I I don't know. I don't... He's whatever. He's what did you think of Vivian? Uh, Vivian 1 or Vivian 2? Who was your favorite video? I liked Vivian 1. She was Why? Like, she was way more active, and uh, she had a lot more physical comedy to her. Wyatt? Uh, I always felt that uh, Mr. Banks should be married to Cousin Jerry from Facts of Life, <laughs> and I still hold out hope this day that there might be a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion show uh, where cousin Jerry is who's married to uh, to what was his name? Judge Banks. Judge. Why do I, I keep thinking Carlton? Judge Phil. Judge, Phil. Judge Roy Banks. Uncle, Uncle Phil. Phil. That's right. Is, is he is he gay in person? His name is Uncle Phil. Yeah, yeah. In person, is he gay? 
as opposed to in fiction where he's the straightest man alive. Um, is he? I don't, the only thing I know about Uncle Phil Something currently Avery's is he's the spokesman name. for University of Phoenix right, online. Right, right, And he yeah. plays a teacher when it's yeah. like, what a terrible... Like, the people who are going to take online classes are the fucking audience of Fresh Prince. <laughs> Why would you have him be the spokesperson? He pretends to be a teacher in all his infomercials. So... What's the deal with that? Although you were the audience of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and look at you doing good. Why did did you did you graduate from college? Maybe. Did it take you six years? No. Good job. What advice could you give CJ? Uh, he's a, he's a newbie to late night. You're a medium to late night. You've been there a while. Like I'm a medium, like a like a psychic. Yeah. I'm a white snack, late night psychic. Oh, the ghost of Jack Parr is <laughs> talking to me right now. If Mad TV was still on, that would be your bit. If Mad TV was still on, yes. I would not be on it because <laughs> they would not want me. Oh, that's depressing. I only have like two characters and they both sound like Bill Cosby. You got Michael Jordan with a lisp. You got a medium. Right. That's two more. Yeah, but they're all they're all based and rooted in the same the same Bill Cosby. Yeah, the same <laughs> Bill Cosby sort of booyah bass. Do you make soup at home? Uh, I do. Do I, you, do I you make use my own chicken soup. broth? Do you use bouillon cube? How do you make the broth? Uh, sometimes I'll do a little bit of both. I'll take a little Ooh. bit of broth. Don't a little you bouillon think that's too much there. sodium? Hey, man, we're all going to leave this world somehow. That's true. Why not let it be hypertension? It could be a heroin that addiction. That sense has never been uttered. Yeah. I'm sure it's been uttered, <laughs> but it's like, it's just been like, oh, we all go leave this life soon. Why not let it be hypothetical? Besides Please you- give me some salami. Salami Save the whale. Meet vegan. That se- those senses have never been uttered together. Well, and then it was like, Save the whale. Meet vegan. <laughs> A whale sounds delicious. <laughs> We're not. I, I'm not high. What happened? Um, I didn't want to do stand up. You, you, you wouldn't let me do up. my fucking Green Hornet spec. Well, and I need attention. <laughs> <laughs> it besides, all, we're all getting it. Besides bouillon cubes and can broth, how? Uh, well, what should CJ know about late nights? Um, everybody at Fallon is very, very nice. Uh, I, I love all the people over there. We actually we've. Played your show in softball and uh, in who bago. won? Who won? We crushed them in softball. We crushed them in bago. Um, they're all lovely people. Amy Ozels is great. Uh, we had a short-lived dinner club, um, and like Bashir and Diallo and Morgan, who's gone now, and Anthony Jeselnik, who's gone now, and Wayne Fetterman, uh, who's also gone. But a lot of really talented, funny people over there. Ad Bobby, uh, huh? Bobby's gone? What? Bobby's gone. Bobby's oh, gone. Oh, shit. Oh, no. CJ has a new computer. We'll, leave well there are a lot of town of people who've come through those doors. <laughs> shit. I wish I didn't have to find <laughs> out on a fucking blog, on a fucking podcast. I will uh, serve his name, um, I guess, adequately. This More seem, than adequately. It seems like you guys have the best fraternity ever, this like weird late-night New York fraternity. Everyone seems to like each other. What? I, I'd hope. I See, I haven't been outside of 30 Rock until right now. Yeah, you, you started on Monday. It's Saturday. Saturday. Monday, and I'm trying to you know keep, uh, keep that job. That's amazing. Good for you. 
Why Jimmy's they, a great guy too, and yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I've only been on the show once. Um, Let's remedy that, CJ. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I didn't get I'm not the guest booker. Why not? What What do you mean? Why not? Why not? Because I'd rather write the jokes. Why can't you help Wyatt out? Because Wyatt could help himself out. Is that right? Hey, buddy. I told you my reps got me on this show. <laughs> Come on. I can get you on this show again. How's that? You've been. This is twi- You've been on the show twice, right? He said once. No, I've been on this show twice. I've been on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you've you, been on my show more than Fallon. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I feel good about that. Uh, yeah. You probably feel bad about that. Uh, it's a ratings dip for both shows. <laughs> when I'm here, it's a, it's one of those where it's like it's a sleeper show. It's it's one of those where it's like it's Oprah. Let's bring the banks on <laughs> because some guy's running for thirteenth district court judge. That's me. I'm the Banks. I'm the Banks family of of talk shows. <laughs> I, yeah, tag. You that always fucker. make me fucking follow that. Whenever you have like a, an amazing quip, you just put the microphone in front of my face. It's like I, there's nothing to tag that with. He's right. He's the fucking Banks. <laughs> uh, which would make me the mad about you of. I, I like that show. I don't know. Okay. I like that you said it like you're still watching it. Like, I like that show. I'm catching I'm gonna, up. I'm going to give it another couple episodes. I was unsure at first, but I like where it's going. Man, that Helen Hunt, she's got a career ahead of her. I have an HDTV, but it only gets cable from 1991. It's cheaper that way. For $13, we can give you primetime television from 1991. Now, for 140 you can have current programming, but $13, all HD. But like NBC, 8 o'clock, it's going to be Mad About You, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, you're going to watch uh, like Misfits of Science, although that might be the 80s. I Quantum don't Leap? Quantum Leap, yeah. You're going to have to watch some Quantum Leap. And uh, Friday nights on CBS means that it's uh, <laughs> that uh, Highway to Heaven show. And you're just thinking like, wow, Michael landed, man. What can't that guy do? Live. Survive into 2011. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Take that, dead. <laughs> Again, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he's on air and you're only in an office. No, I'm sorry. You shouldn't apologize. You're going to get there, buddy. Yeah, you're going to get there. Week, yeah, come on. Yeah, soon enough you'll be on air. Don't worry about it. I will be. It's okay, right? Yeah. Oh no, you will because they put a lot of the writers on air. Here's what you do: pitch the dancing Itos. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do. Yeah, that's what I was planning on doing. It. Wait, who's the judge? Who's in the judge seat now? For um, what's the big case? There's always a big case, right? What's the judge now? (laughs) Who's the judge now? Of uh, who? What's the big case right now? Anything? Who will be American Idol? Those are the only judges I know. Randy Jackson. All right, I'll play the dancing Randy Jacksons. I like it. I like it. Write it up. That's okay. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm trying to figure out when I should end this. I can't decide if it was 10 minutes ago or never. Do you have any more questions for me or Wyatt? Cause my, no, honestly, I've been like supporting the right side of my body on nothing <laughs> on this microphone stand. I just want to... I'm I, sweating from it. This is the only exercise I've gotten this all is, week. This is the second... <laughs> this is the second so this time. is good, then. This is yeah, good. Sure. I mean, I'm, yeah, this is, I have half of my one ass cheek on this chair. Right, yeah, I'm part hobo, so I learn how to adapt. 
It'd be a bed. It can be a fucking subway bus bench, like, uh, or a subway shop. The bathroom of a subway shop. I'll sleep there. I'll make myself comfortable. They don't yeah. pay you well at Comedy look at what I Look at what I did. I fucking rooted in like a fucking tick onto this show. That's... Cause I'm that's because I'm part hobo. That's you wanna you wanna celebrate your uh, album release here in two weeks? I'm gonna guess no. Uh, that's May 14th. Yeah, I gotta go to Donald's show. Come after that. I don't know if I can. I'll I mean, CJ. I said that to your audience. I'll bring CJ. You bring everybody. I'm gonna go here. to that show. I will fucking cut you. Why? Because I love I'm you. I'm a fan of him. I know. I'm jealous. I'm a big fan too. His DC is sold out. I'm pissed off. Here's what you do. Do your do your show. From outside the music hall of Williamsburg, <laughs> like, and just like interview people as they're going in and out of Donald's show. That's not a bad idea. Just like, and I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of people who are there, like, waiting to get into the yeah. show. So you just do the podcast from the streets, viewing audience at home. <laughs> if you're watching this, something's wrong with your ears. But if you are or listening to this, Here's what I want you to do. Write into the show and like pressure Britain to do the show from the streets. Take the show to the streets. Outside Donald's show, have his podcast as people are exiting Donald's show and they can have a lovely show on the street that they can be like, what the fuck is this? Who's this guy with this microphone? All right, I guess we'll stick around. Till the cab shows up, or I can f- unlock my bicycle from the other 80 bicycles that are fucking locked onto this telephone pole. So you better make it good. I don't like interrupting you. I like you've had like eight impressions by now. You know that, right? No, they're all again. They're all basically the same person. Cosby, Judge Ito. Yeah. This uh. is. I really appreciate this, Brandy. You've been so nice. I, I had a CJ just stood up. He had to stand up. I had to stand up. up. I'm sorry. Here, you keep talking. I'm going to go. Wyatt everybody. Wyatt Snack. That was great. No, see, thank you, for, Wyatt. Thank you for... Uh, now I would do stand-up for this crowd, though. I would totally do it, but I'm not going to. Um, CJ... The only reason you wouldn't do stand-up was because... <laughs> 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 there were like five of them, man. Uh, I know. CJ, we're out of time. It's time for you to plug. Thank you. Uh, Fallon, I guess, 1237 NBC, Monday through Friday. That's amazing that you get to say that, and it's yeah, not no, a weird very, joke. Congratulations, yeah. but Thank I'm really you. happy for you. Um, if you ever try to compare me to Seth Rogen again, I will be very <laughs> angry at you. Yep. See? See? Really? Guy? Really? Uh, it's funny. He's rich. Why did I do that? Um, no, no joke. CJ's one of my absolute favorite people in the world, and uh, he's really young and successful, so everyone should not buy him drinks because he will be very rich, but you should definitely rob him. He lives like four blocks away. Uh, Abby Payne's going to come up, and we're going to set up, and she's going to play beautiful, beautiful music here. Enjoy some Daniel Knox for a few seconds. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping, friends and family I'll be keeping, won't.
All right, we're back. Thanks, everybody, for sticking on. I really appreciate it. I'm going to ask Abby a few questions, and Abby's going to play absolutely beautiful music, and then uh, we're going to do drugs. It's going to be fun. Abby. Yes. Abby. How are you, Abby? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I saw you here last month. I never heard of you before, and I booked you because you're good. Will you let people down now? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. Fantastic. How long have you been playing? How long have I been playing? Yes. Oh, I don't... Forever. <laughs> forever. That's a very long time. How yeah. long do you think you're going to live? Oh, I think probably like 50 more years. That's a very uh, conservative <laughs> and good estimate. Do you smoke and drink alcohol? I don't smoke, but I do drink alcohol. I'd say 60. Science is winning. Oh, thank you. I do you believe that. science is winning? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yes. Final question. <laughs> if you can tour with anyone, dead or alive, who would you tour with? 10-day oh tour. God. Oh. 10-day tour. And you're playing the Midwest, so don't get too excited. David Bowie. David Bowie. What era of David Bowie? Ziggy Stardust. It's a lot of production value. <laughs> I don't know if I would do that era. <laughs> I might go the... I'd, I'd definitely go the Berlin era of Bowie. Much more simple. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like an hour and a half of a dude in a, a chair with technology <laughs> that doesn't move. You know um, more than I do. <laughs> I like the Mr. David Bowie. Are you ready to play music for everybody? Yes. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, please put your hands together for Abby Payne. <laughs> Thank you.
So a lot of my music is pretty uh, intense and emotional, so I tried to pick my sort of later, kind of funnier ones um, for tonight. But this is one that I wrote um, at a time when I was doing a regular gig in a vegan restaurant, and it was a cool restaurant, and the food was like really good vegan food, um, but I would get a little frustrated uh, because, you know, I'd be sitting at the piano playing and people would come up and they would sit right near me and talk so loud and I couldn't really complain because they were there to eat, not really to hear my music, you know. So in my own little special passive aggressive way, I decided to write, I thought it'd be cool if I wrote a song that was kind of, you know, bitter and like directed at these people, but they didn't really know because they weren't listening just to make myself feel better. So yeah, so... (laughs) This is called Dinner Music. See you. 
Thank you. So I just had one more prepared for tonight. And, um, and this, just a couple days ago, we actually did a, a show here. Um, it was a tribute to Patsy Cline, and we had a really good time. But um, I didn't really think about how sad the music was for the show, because um, Patsy Cline music is, I don't know if you guys know her, but, you know, it's just really depressing, a lot of breakup music. <laughs> I didn't really realize until we were rehearsing and the band was all like, there's tears running down their cheeks, you know. So I uh, decided to try to make this one a little bit lighter, and it's not really going to come across in the podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> this one's called She's Got You. I'm not sure who wrote it, but made famous by Patsy Cline. I'm probably going to screw it up, but I'm going to try. I've got your picture in a frame And it's signed with love Just like it used to be the only thing different, the only thing new is I've got your picture, she's got you. I've got your records, this is for sale tonight, it's by me, $10, that we used to share, yeah. And they still sound the same, there we go, as when you were here. The only thing different, the only thing new, is I've got your records. You can too for ten dollars. She's got you. I've got your memory. Or oh, has it got me? I really don't know. ring. That's okay. And it still looks the same as when you gave it dear. The only thing different, the only thing new, I've got these little things, she's got you. I've got your memory. your picture in a frame and it still looks the same as when you gave it dear the only thing different the only thing new is I've got these little things she's got you Thank you. That was Rick Ross. <laughs> this happened to be in the rehearsal space that we were using. So, Abby, where are you playing again soonish? Uh, I guess my next show is May twelfth at Spike Hill over in Bedford. At 
May 12th, Spike Hill. Yeah. People will Google that because no one knows what that is. <laughs> um, I want to thank each and every one of our guests. I want to thank the audience for sticking around. Uh, and I want to thank you, home listener, for listening. Thank you very much and have a wonderful evening. Follow us on Twitter at YMTE. Friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash YouMeThemEverybody. And for details on Monday and Tuesday nights at The Hungry Brain, go to YouMeThemEverybody.com.